to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes my members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. We specialize in commercial and mixed use property. And this month, month or two, actually, the first quarter of this year, we have something very special for you. If you have decided that commercial property is the way that you want to go, I have a free mini course that I've just put out there called Crossing Over to Commercial. So if you would like that, then all you have to do is go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash crossing over to commercial and you will get access to my free mini course. It will take you about 60 minutes to do, but it is really, really vital for anybody who wants to learn the difference between investing in residential property and investing in commercial property. So why not go and check it out? It's a really good use of your time. So this week, I have got another couple of subjects that I want to talk to you about. The very first thing that's actually come up as a result of this mini course crossing over to commercial is that for, I have been asked, how do you find BMV commercial? For those of you long-time listeners, you will know that I hate the term BMV. I hate it even more when it's used in context with commercial property. There are a huge amount of people out there who train on these residential investment courses who love the phrase below market value or BMV. It shouldn't even have a place in commercial property. It really shouldn't. I know a lot of you who have done the course or who are going through the course um, are concerned when I say pick one location, pick one location and invest there. And I've had people say to me, Natasha, that's not possible. How can I pick one location? They have then come back to me and said, no, I've been through all of the deals and there's definitely not any property deals here that work whatsoever. Hmm. You've been through all the deals, have you? Every single deal, every single commercial deal that's come to market and you've analysed it in detail? Really? I don't think you have. Someone came to me this week and they asked and I sent them back through a list of 471 properties that I could find on the market. If you're telling me you have been through 471 properties in the space of time that you have started on crossing over to commercial property, I mean, there must have been a few more months since I launched it because, my gosh, I could not analyse 471 property deals in that short space of time. So let's talk about actually what you should be looking for. So you pick your search location right? can be any search location. And if you want to know how to do that in more detail, go and listen, go and download the Crossing Over to Commercial course. Um, 
But then you want to know, okay, is this property going to be something that I can add value to? Now, there are two ways of adding value without doing development on commercial property. The first one is that you um, lower the yield, the capitalization rate, which has been used to value the property. Or the second is you increase the rent on that property. And that is how you are going to be able to increase the value of the property. Now, you know, a lot of people get to a stage where they can't be bothered to do it themselves. Um, a lot of commercial investors may have bought property five, 10 years ago. They've got to the end of the life cycle of that property and therefore they're not going to bother doing it. That's actually fine. For pension pots, large investment funds, that tends to be part of their strategy. They buy um, at a low price. They put everything they can into getting um, the value up as far as they can. And then from there, they ride the wave and then they sell it just before there's uh, more lease events or changing around to do. So it's not surprising to find these types of properties on the market. But here is what you have to do in order to find that. You have to explore and analyze a deal in a lot of detail. This means that you have to look at the deal at face value and think, okay, what does the deal look like today? And what does the deal look like with everything, with all of the money that's coming in? What are the opportunities for me to either increase that rent or increase the stability in how long I'm going to get the rent for? These two things are absolutely vital. Absolutely vital because that's how you're going to increase the value of the property. So I go back to this below market value phrase that people want to use with me with commercial. Not true. You can't find below market value properties in commercial because the property will have been sold at a yield because of something that's going on with the property or something that's going on with the seller or something that's going on with the tenant. And that value will have been chosen for a specific reason because the seller needs to transact that property at a certain price, right? Your job is to find out how you can increase the value and you can do that quickly. So again, to reiterate, you are going to need to either secure the income for a longer period of time. And to do that, that could be increasing the length of the lease. Maybe if it's vacant, putting in place a new lease, making sure that you limit the amount of break clauses that you are putting in a lease. You want to make sure that the tenant can afford to pay the rent that you want them to pay, and they're going to be able to do it for a long period of time. You're also going to want to make sure that there is enough security in place. So if the tenant defaults for whatever reason, um, they can pay you a deposit or they can. Um, there's a guarantor in place where you can go after that money. How are you going to know to do all of this? Well, you're going to read the lease and you're going to think, okay, where in the lease, if there's a tenant in occupation, can I 
increase the value of this property? Is there anything that I can do? You know, is this lease coming to an end soon so I can re-gear it? Does this lease have a break clause soon where maybe we can try and take out the break and do something else? Is there a chart? Is the tenant looking for something else with this space? Could we do something else? Or maybe you can get the, the tenant to, I don't know, maybe the tenant wants to leave. They don't want to be in there anymore. And you can get in place a better tenant who's going to stay in there for longer. All of those things will add money to your commercial property valuation. And again, you are not going to know that just by going through Rightmove or any of the like Riala search characteristics. You are only going to know that through analyzing the property in detail and going through the lease. Next up with the rent. How are you going to know if you can increase the rent? Well, number one, you have to look if there's a time coming up where you can increase the rent. So a rent review, lease end, or maybe there's not a tenant in place at the moment, in which case you can increase the rent. Then what you're going to do is have to value the rent. What is market rent right now? And so you're going to have to get the measurements for the property. And depending on the property type, you're going to have to work out either the net internal area, the gross internal area, the ITZA if it is retail, or the weighted area if it is a restaurant or potential um, supermarket or you know those kind of properties. And then you have to figure out what market rent is on a pound per square foot basis. So once you've figured out what the rent is on a pound per square foot basis, you can then multiply that by the areas that you've just calculated to give you market rent, right? But the comparable evidence has to be recent. It has to be from, um, you know, a specific point in time whenever you are valuing the rent from. So for example, if I want the rental increase today, Today is when I'm hoping that I'm going to get the best comparables or, you know, as close to today as possible. From there, I can look at the rent and think, right, is this higher or is this lower than where the rent is today? If it is higher, the chances are that I am going to increase the value of this property. If it is lower, I'm either going to have to reduce the amount that I'm offering or walk away from the property because you don't want to be in a situation where you buy a property at a certain price and then the rent review comes up and all of a sudden you're losing money. You do not need that or you do not want that. That is highly um, a risky way of doing things. So again, that is a lot of due diligence that you're going to need to be doing and that's a lot of deal analysis that you're going to need to be doing you are not going to know that that is something that you can do simply by looking at the portals commercial takes a huge amount more due diligence right as an asset manager for my asset management clients it's my job to do that and it can take hours and hours to do deal analysis on a deal you know one deal this week took a client of mine 40 hours commercial is a different ball game 
you are not looking for below market value or BMV. It is not going to pop out at you. I promise you that. What is going to have to happen is you're going to look at everything on the market in the location of your choice. You are then going to have to analyze that deal for anything that's roughly within your price range and see if it works for you or not. That really is it. There is no shortcut. There is no workaround. I can't tell you that I click my fingers and these deals rock up. We spend hours and hours and hours on them. And that's what you're going to need to do. So please, as a result of this podcast, please get rid of the notion of below market value commercial. I'm not having it, really not having it. Instead, go out there and look for commercial property with opportunities. And if you find commercial properties with opportunities to add value, that is where you're going to be able to add value and increase the value and take your money out. All right. That's how it works. So the second part of this podcast was something that I just wanted to warn you about is a kind of a reoccurring theme on this podcast. And that's why not all lenders are created equal for any of you who are in the same situation as me and you're going through a remortgage at the moment, a residential remortgage at that. It is taking forever to get through the process. Um, I don't know if anybody else has had this uh, experience, but I am currently going through a remortgage with Virgin Money. Their solicitors could not be slower if they tried. In fact, there is nobody at the end of the phone. There no one seems to be at the end of emails, but yet they are more than happy to send mail letters using the post really really this means that things get crossed in translation it's almost like they're trying to trip people up and make them i don't know slow down what on earth is going on with this um and i wanted to warn you that as well as taking out mortgage products right now let's have a look at how quick these lenders are being you know i hope virgin money and hugh hugh james who are the solicitors start pulling their finger out but my gosh like all of our communication gets kind of crossed i don't know i try and email them and i get a letter for something else and try and email them again or try and phone them can't get on their online portal for love nor money because you have to phone them for that but you're on hold for an hour then it goes straight through to answer phone they never call you back the whole thing is an utter nightmare and we're seeing that with other lenders too west one incredibly slow at the moment um and birmingham midshires apparently eight to twelve weeks for a remortgage right now I can't believe how slow this is going. So I really want to hear from you. Can you tell me about your mortgage lenders and whether you've got any quick ones or slow ones? Because quite quite how we're going to deal with this slowdown in the market, I don't know. You know, it already takes long enough to get people to 
come out, value property, get the right valuation, then submit all your documents. Then you have to jump through even more hoops. And I just cannot believe that a simple remortgage that really only takes the lenders and the conveyancing solicitors, you know, crossing over the charge. I don't know how, how does that take eight to 12 weeks? I really don't know. And maybe it's because, you know, they just don't move very fast. or Maybe there's too many people doing it, but I just can't believe that this is the case. I've had some really great experience with NatWest. They're very fast. Um, I have had some great experiences with Barclays and Woolwich. They're incredibly fast as well niche lenders or lenders that just want to go after a certain type of property Mm -mm, it's not the one I I literally can't believe it you guys so I'm saying that all lenders are created equal why aren't all lenders created equal and that's because they um hire different surveyors to do the valuations and they um they hire different convincing solicitors to do different things as well. So what I want to know and what I would love is if you could communicate with me and just tell me what is your experience of mortgage lenders at the moment? Do you have a good mortgage lender that has been super quick and who were the valuers? I want to know good experiences and then also bad experiences. Who was a mortgage lender that took forever? And who was their valuer? I could do with both of those. You can email me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. Let's do a little bit of a survey on this because at least what I can then do is just put out information so that people can go with the quicker lenders and I'm sure that will change over time but at the moment it's just like pulling teeth really is just like pulling teeth I've got bridging to get off of and it costs me so much money so much money I would just like to get out of it and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon and that's frustrating um I have written a letter to these lenders like I too have resorted to using the mail system to basically I said to them look I'm pregnant there's going to be some time when I'm not going to be around so can we get it done before that please um I also can't afford to stay on this bridging um so can we just figure this out in some way shape or form maybe that might do something maybe not I don't know I don't know what the solution is but if you won't pick up your phone if you won't answer emails if you won't I don't know, respond to my letter? What do I do? Even I don't know. You know, and I'm the expert over here. And gosh, I don't know how to get these people to respond to me in a timely manner. Like I would respond to my clients in a timely manner. So, you know, give me some tips over here, please. My podcast community, I need some help. Um, Again, email natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. All right, everybody, there we have it. Finding BMV commercial, not a thing. And why not all lenders 
are created equal with a lot of, you know, me saying, please come and help me. Tell me what have you found to be good at the moment and what have you found to be bad? And again, you can email me, natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.